Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 100, Interview with Dr. Paul Syungo Zhang of the podcast, What Do You Mean God Speaks? Part 2. For those of you who are listening, I don't think we mentioned that, but uh, he's talking about my podcast, What Do You Mean yes. God Speaks? Yeah. Yes, so, What Do You Mean God um, Speaks? Fantastic. If you haven't listened, folks, you need to go and listen to Paul's podcast, What Do You Mean God Speaks? And get his book. <laughs> so my book, uh, God at the Crossroads Worldviews, when he was going through peer review, one of the peer reviewer um, basically had this comment, and he was, he was very positive, which is why it got published, obviously. Uh, he said, uh, this book is like Moses. I'm like, ooh, Moses. But then his comment was that uh, it's like Moses because he's bringing up this promised land. And by promised land, he means that what I'm doing is that here's a new way of thinking about the entire debate. And my main argument was that we've been trying to argue about whether there is this like being outside the universe um, that, that we can infer from our reason. And, and we get stuck over that. Uh, whereas, for example, what Thomas Aquinas did and what I'm suggesting is that we think about it in terms of rival worldviews. And instead of positing some extra entity, we go to the other worldview and we discover or we uncover whichever way we identify is the word I use. We identify what in the other worldview that we would consider uh, would be God, because that's what Thomas Aquinas did. So what we need, what we need to do is that we need to find something that is fundamental. It, it, it can't be just some extra entity, something fundamental to the other worldview, fundamental to his notion of being and truth and reality and all that. And then identify that with God, but that's only the beginning because then you have to make the rest of the journey of what does it mean like uh, by, by saying that this is God and how do we encounter this reality, this God in, in ways that, that Christians have been describing. All of those, it's a, it's a beginning of a long journey. So uh, what this reviewer said was that this, this is like showing us a very different way of thinking about this debate. It's a, it's a new promised land, but it's like Moses because he's, he showed us a promised land, but he doesn't take us there. <laughs> so his sort of comment was like, you need a sequel. And I'm, I'm going, okay, it was a lot of work writing the book. Yeah. I need to write a sequel. <laughs> uh, so that's the origin of, of what do you mean God what speaks? What do you mean God speaks? What I was trying to do is, okay, for my next book, I want it to be much more accessible. I try to write the first book as accessible as he can, but it's, it is still a philosophy book. You need to be familiar with at least like an undergrad level of philosophy lingo. But I wanted this to be something that, because I also pastored, um, that's a, a university college level or um, ad adults in my uh, congregation could listen to and, and sort of get, right? If they are struggling with the sort of questions that, that this podcast is supposed to address, right? So I, wish, so I had to go. I, I wish you were a pastor close by because I, I would kind of looking for a church right now and I would like to find a church that I'm, I can really get excited about the, uh, the pastoring. I, I'm trained as a pastor too. I could do that, but I, I'm not interested in being a pastor anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a hard, it's hard work, I think. Uh, hard work. Pastoral work is different from teaching. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I don't, I'm not like full-time pastor. I'm, I'm like an occasional, I'm an occasional at everything I notice. I'm occasional university lecturer or um, adjunct. I'm an occasional writer, occasional pastor. That makes it somewhat upsetting. But so what do you do to pay the bills? Um, savings. Uh, <laughs> my brother's rich. <laughs> He's a medical doctor. <laughs> 
but you know, uh, still looking for work when it needs to. So um, hey, for those of you who's in academia or seminary, and and you you are around Toronto or Hamilton, I'm here. Yay! Right, <laughs> I'm free. Um, so where was I? So also uh, I was trying to put that in a much more uh, accessible um, accessible level, and and I had to force myself to write. And one of the process which I may talk about later on in our conversation uh, stuff happened stuff happened i was not willing to do this podcast mind you and stuff happened and i lost a bet with god that's how i put it there was a bet i made with god i lost and i did did the podcast which has now forced me to write the things that i was putting off writing so you're doing it under protest uh somewhat yes um and it's a it's a continuing protest which is which is interesting for example, I contacted you, right? Because I got this email about uh, guessing in the podcast, yes. but this email isn't my official po- um, email for my podcast. So I don't know how you found this email. <laughs> or, <laughs> my wife or, is, is brilliant. <laughs> well, there is that, but I don't, I don't use this email for my podcast. So I, I don't know how people, how someone thought that this email belonged to someone who does a podcast. I don't know whether you knew that I did a podcast. In fact, I was going to delete the email because I get a lot of emails saying, dear in Christ, give me money, right? <laughs> you know, you, you, I'm sure you get some of those emails too. It's like, dear yep. in Christ, like, dear is God. I'm like, who is this? And it's, it's a scam. So I'm yep. like, what is, what is this guy? Like, who, who is this person? But then... I noticed that, hey, that name, I, I recognized a name from somewhere. And then I remember that you had an interview with Michael Wiseman. Yep. Right, Michael Wiseman. So you had an interview with Michael Wiseman. He asked me for an interview. I was very unwilling because I don't think you can debate about God, in, at least in a very short time span. It, it's not very fruitful. And he seemed like the type of person who just wants things in 10 minutes. <laughs> Once like everything in 10 minutes. Yes. And I, I, and he wanted something like belief in God. I'm like, that's, that's way too large a topic. You need to narrow it down. And, and I was trying to narrow it down. He actually, I was trying to say, see, you and I just won't mix. Like I do things this way. You're that way. Uh, No. And I was hoping maybe he'll just go away. (laughs) He didn't, he kept requesting. So I I said, okay. So I, I started listening to a few of his episodes and one of it was yours because it stands out. It's like Christian atheism. What on earth does that mean? So I read, um, so I listened to that. So I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll take a go at it. I, I think I regret it. I didn't listen to it. I would, I'll have to go on and listen. I don't know. I mean, he seemed to like it uh, be, because if you listen to some of, his, some of his episodes, some of them don't go well at all. Yeah. I mean, they're at, or at least the Christian person is almost at his throat. Uh, uh, mine ended with him saying, you should come over so we can have beer. So, <laughs> so I mean, he, positive thing, I think. well, he said it was, it's like, yeah, yeah we should have beer because it's, it's like, it would be great if we can just, just talk. I'm like, great. Yeah. But so he, he enjoyed the talk. Whereas for me, I talk with him too. For me, I thought I got nowhere because it felt like I was, I was trying to give this talk or lecture, right. Or, you know, a talk, and there was this clown that just beeps as I tried to talk, which, which, is, which was my impression of the conversation. And so I guess it might have been funny, but, um, yeah. but he, he, you know how he sort of tries to bait people, right? He has all of yes. these questions and all, there are like traps underneath. 
which I recognize because I think like that. And I right. think several steps past that. So I don't take it. And he just beeps the clowning beeps. And, <laughs> and we didn't get anywhere. Or, or for me, I felt we didn't really get anywhere. So I'm like, yeah. maybe that was just a waste of time. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's how I sort of just put it off. Right. Then I got this email, which for me was suspicious because it's talking about a podcast and it's not my podcast email. But then, oh, he's from my, Michael Weisman. I know this guy. <laughs> Maybe I should respond. And See, that's uh, <laughs> How, what do you mean God speaks? Well, that's what I mean. God speaks. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. <laughs> and, and that's one of the reasons I'm mentioning this. Uh, and maybe we'll get into uh, this later on in our conversation. But uh, there is a timing of sort, right? There's a timing of sort of how things unfold that sort of reveals, um, for lack of better words, a personality to reality that yep. unfolds before you, right? Exactly and right. That's what we call God. Yep. Okay, so that's my end of thought, uh, end of okay. this particular strand of thought. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about mm. what do you mean God speaks, and how exactly did your title for that come about? I mean, why that title? I, I get that question about the Christian atheist all the time, mm. and it goes back to what we were talking about, the idea of conflicting worldviews, and coming together in some way and finding a common language to discuss things and realize, this is the way I like to think about it, atheism gave me an entirely new tool chest with which to understand my Christian worldview. Mm. And that tool chest actually enabled me to understand Christianity so much better and feel so much more secure in my faith in God that it's, it's like there's two different faith systems that I live in. The one mm. before I was an atheist and the one after. And the one after is so much richer, so much more grounded, so much more secure than my pre-atheist Christianity. And I don't mean by that that I don't have questions anymore, but that those questions are not threatening that hmm. in the way that they used to be for me. So how did, what do you mean God speaks Sorry, I don't mean to be critical. It's just that that's a very ponderous uh, title for a podcast. <laughs> so yeah, that... I'm not. I'm not good at um, uh, coming up with short, catchy things. I'm afraid. But <laughs> the the reason for that title, I think, is for me that question is quite what's a, what's a good word to put it for me primordial. What do I what what I mean is that it's a question that I asked from a young age. You could say because. I, I read the Bible as with, maybe it's a Korean thing. What I noticed is that um, when I was tutoring, for example, uh, during my undergrad and my grad uh, school years, uh, you know, to pay for my tuitions, right? So I, I had to tutor a bunch of people and a lot of them were uh, Korean immigrants because I'm fluent in Korean. So I'm like, hey, I can teach and I'm also fluent in Korean, right? <laughs> and the question that uh, the parents often asked me was that, where are the children version of the world classics? Like, World of philosophy, philosophy, and I, I read, for example, Plutarch when I was seven, but not Plutarch, Plutarch, but the children version of Plutarch that okay. the Korean writers wrote. So okay. they were asking, like, why aren't there these versions of it? When I had all of these different questions, and sometimes my parents would say, and remember, I'm like six or seven, they're like, oh yeah, we don't know the answer to that. Why don't you go read it in the encyclopedia? But the children's encyclopedia, because there are children's encyclopedia in yeah. uh, these Koreans. So Bible as well. I, I read I read through the Bible uh, even as a young age, but 
stuff that it seemed that a lot of other people would just go over, just I got stuck with. So for example, God spoke to Abraham. And my question was, what do you mean God spoke to Abraham? Like, how does it actually happen, right? Because it's not like he's, um, it's, it's like uh, my parents speaking to me because my parents physically there and, and right. there's a sound, there's a sound way. I didn't even think, I didn't think in these terms when I was seven, but I still thought, like, okay, is there supposed to be a booming voice or is it a dream? Because I did have a dream. One of my recent episodes went into that when I was talking about Jacob. I had a dream, but that can't be it. So, and then there is this, when I was growing older, uh, I read that, hey, God spoke and the universe came to me. It's like, what on earth does that mean? <laughs> How does that happen? Why is this particular language being used? So for me, a lot of the things that, that we take for granted in the worldview are things that we actually don't really understand very well. And this isn't just for Christians. This is for like every worldview. Like you, we, exactly. we say stuff, but we don't know what we mean. Yep. And it becomes a lot worse when we say stuff and we say stuff about another worldview Yep. And we don't know what we mean and we don't know what they mean. So, yes. and then the next step is like, hey, why don't you get this? And hey, why don't you get this simple stuff? And my answer is, well, I don't know whether we get, like for, forget beliefs. I don't know whether we understand what basic terms mean, right? right? And especially, especially when you're trying to speak across worldviews. So you have, yeah. you're in a skeptical position or you're an agnostic or an atheist, or for a lot of Christians today, and I noticed this when I was teaching Christians, we actually tend, especially in modernized secular societies, Christians actually think in terms of like, we, we think in secular terms. We see the world in a very secular way. Yep. Right. Yep. But Yeah. I've actually we have, spent a lot of time dealing with that issue on my podcast in later episodes, if you ever get to them in terms of Hegel, I do an awful lot with Hegel and his influence in the modern society and secularism. So yeah, I'm with you. Yes, I, I noticed that you you were like Hegel. He's like the villain of it. Like he said, the arch villain uh, at the root of all things. Like Hegel. I think for me, I don't know much about Hegel, at least to feel an animosity toward him because my training was analytical philosophy, which, if you know, it divides right the continental and the English speaking analytical. Yeah, I'm definitely continental. Right, and <laughs> I'm it, not it, a fan of analytic philosophy. I'm sorry for those anal analytical philosophers. It's kind of boring. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Like if you, if you read someone like Frege, I'm like, what? <laughs> like logic, <laughs> logic is um, it's about instances. I'm like, oh. but I'm sorry. I mean, they're, they're, they're brilliant people. Yeah, for sure. But most of their work are pretty boring. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, Kuhn, uh, but uh, to be fair, some of the very interesting ones are also analytical. T.S. Kuhn, you, you could say, it still belongs in that sort of tradition, as well as Alice McIntyre, you could say. They're cognizant of what's going on at the Continental. But anyway, for those people who are not familiar and they're, um, about these things, and they're going, what on earth are they talking about? Well, John has this thing against Hegel, but he likes Kant. And I'm like, Hegel, what's wrong with him? And that's because uh, what's called the English-speaking analytical tradition goes only as far as Kant, and then they go their separate ways. Yeah. So they don't care about Hegel. We don't need, like, after Hegel, it's like, who are they, right? Um, whereas the continental, so non-English-speaking uh, French and Germans, uh, they go from Hegel and they follow the influence from Hegel to uh, various philosophical schools like phenomenology, which you talked about. Yeah. So that, that's what we're that's what we're talking about. Anyway, back to secularist outlook. We think about God and we think about the world and science and how things are constituted. 
more or less in secular terms, and we sort of overlay the Christian beliefs on top of that. They don't fit very well. No. So one of the things that I uh, realized that uh, I think one of my episodes, uh, I think third season, episode one, I said, what do you mean there's no God? And uh, one of the points that I was making is that we have this concept of God as like this engineer of a machine, right? I think David Bentley Hart was the person who wrote, he's, he's not the only one, but he's one of the famous recent ones. Uh, he basically said, most of the times when atheists or even Christians debate about God, they're not really debating about God. They're debating what's, uh, about what's called a demiurge. And that's not God. That's a, that's a cosmic craftsman. He exists maybe at the beginning of time. He crafts things and he's, he's outside the world and the universe is a machine. They're separate things. That's deism. That's, that's the demiurge of Christians. Classical Christianity have uh, never believed in that God. And well, if that's the case, then a lot of the, thing, a lot of the ways that we think about God is just off the wrong, like we, we started off on the wrong foot. We immanentize. Yes. We immanentize the deity. And we make him a part of, of being, a part of being, mm. instead of the whole of being. Yes. Um, and that's that I trace back to Hegel. That's <laughs> oh, is that Hegel's doing? Philosopher of imminence. Oh, Hegel. Um, so, yeah, we don't need to go into we don't need to go into all, but I think the analytical tradition really finds its ground in a lot of Hegel, but unconsciously so. Oh, so probably. That would be interesting. We can talk about that at some other time. <laughs> we'll bore our we'll bore our listeners to death uh, at this point if we try to do that. So, I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian. <laughs>